0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Evolve, the place where we build one another up, share your opinions, your thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and your feelings, where you will never, never be outcast for being who you are. I want to say thank you guys so much for joining me on this evening's episode. We will be um, continuing from the book by Rebecca Manley-Pipper, Stay Salt. We will be doing um, review notes on the chapter two, celebrating our smallness. So um, you guys stay with me as we journey into this together. Well, um, before we begin tonight's episode, I wanted to um, say thank you to those who ordered tickets for the book study. Um, It was canceled a couple weeks after there were no tickets ordered during that time, and if any came through, it wasn't alerting me or showing up as any tickets ordered, so it was canceled. But I have been getting orders this month, but it began on January 6th of this year and was posted months in advance. Um... So during that time, the two weeks of that time, um, I didn't get any notifications or alerts. So it was canceled, but it's okay. It has been a success on this podcast. And I look forward to starting another one after this one. So um, I will let you guys um, know in advance um, on that, you know, future book studies. But I want to say that this book is very good and wonderful. I think it should be studied by anyone who struggles with sharing their faith. It's not easy, but it's one that not only myself, but so many others struggled with as well. I hope that you're reading your book along with me and following up with chapter reviews. Um, I'll start reading the chapters live as my voice clears up. And no, I want you to know we're doing this together, so hang in there with me. I do appreciate your time, participation, and your patience so thank you well i wanted to jump right into tonight's episode but before we do let's pray lord we come before you this evening and ask that you lead us in this study give us your guidance your words to help us to share it with others you know our struggles help us in them and lead us in your way everlasting in christ jesus name we pray amen so let's begin Um, Chapter two, celebrating our smallness. In this chapter, we gather from Rebecca how she shares her examples, you know, example of ants. Um, When asking how finite limited human beings ever claim they know God, how do they know they are not being deceived? I like the way she gives an example with ants. The ants were building a mound. She redirected their steps and started a new mound. Then she, you know, the two ants crawled, two ants crawled into her hand and she began thinking, what if one ant said to the other, do you believe in Becky? Do you believe Becky really exists? How she then imagined the other ant responded with, don't be ridiculous. Becky is a myth, a fairy tale. But then she imagined how it could think, you know, she didn't exist when she could blow it right off her hand. But how would they know? How could they know that she is Becky and that she isn't a myth or a fairy tale? What she would have to do is become an aunt herself and live in their reality, right? But still, even with doing that, she's just an aunt, right? How would they know she is actually an ant? She would have to do tricks and things that no other ant could do. Rebecca shows how finite creatures could discover God. God would have to come from the outside and reveal who he is. Rebecca discovered the premise of the Christian faith, and that was God performed a supernatural break-in on earth. Christianity is a religion of revelation. God came to us just as Rebecca imagined being an ant so that she could communicate with ants. Christ had to assume human nature while still remaining his divine self so that he could communicate with us. So Rebecca you know, said, if God existed, he would for certain reveal himself in a way that we could understand. So Rebecca shares shares with us how we can know that God does exist, how she eventually um, became to believe that Jesus who said, he said who he said he was, um, the son of God sent to our planet because we were in desperate trouble. How, you know, not only revealed you know, the father to us, he took on our sins by dying on the cross, which is why I believe he is real and exists. Who would ever, who, who would ever go that far for us? Who would ever do that? So, um, I believe, um, you know, um, he is real and he exists. So where do we discover what it means to be human in the way God intended Rebecca tells us um, we can start where the Bible starts, and that's creation. Genesis 1 and 2 tell the wonderful story of the beginning of all things. God said, let there be, and there was. Rebecca brings out when God created human beings, it was then that he specified how to create. It was then God created a blueprint. The blueprint was God himself. Let's make mankind in our image in our likeness and that's coming from genesis chapter 1 verse 26 god made humans to reflect his nature so that we can serve and glorify him she shares with us the fact that we are created in the image of god for the glorious reality of being in permanent fellowship with him to be dependent upon and discover our meaning from and with God is very good. God says so in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. Yet it is one of the first things that Satan seeks to dismantle. In Genesis chapter 3, we learn that evil was already present on earth. That you know, evil was Satan, a created spiritual being, a fallen angel who rebelled against God in heaven and was cast out. He became the father of lies and master of disguise who desired to build, you know, whose desire was to blind people to God's truth. She brings out how he approached Adam and Eve. He came in a disguise, hidden in a snake. For example, when a person is deceived and some, you know, may call that person a snake. So Satan was disguised when he approached Adam and Eve as a snake, but not really that. Moses describes him as an ancient serpent and John describes him as an ancient dragon. This for me was my struggle having to explain the snake because many people are like a snake doesn't talk, you know, so I didn't quite know how to explain it. So that kind of helps it. But we learn simply that Satan is jealous. He resents God and all that he's tried to do. Can you imagine working so hard to create something beautiful to have it destroyed by one lie? How devastating. The good that all God created and created us to be has now been destroyed. Satan wants us to hate that God is God and we are not. But always remember, God is good and trustworthy and that being a human being created to depend upon loving, a loving God and a good God is precious and wonderful so but why then you know do we christians try to be more than we are we don't uh, want our inadequacies exposed so we try to hide them like rebecca explains as we um as we as christians we know that we are not god but we easily fall into the trap of feeling embarrassed about being god dependent people so we try never to appear foolish or say anything that could be anti-intellectual or out of step with our culture. Like she explains, we fear being, you know, fear human judgment um, and fear that it may expose our weaknesses or may make us look foolish. But as Rebecca reminds us, we need to accept our limitations of our humanity and we can, you know, do so by looking at the birth of Christ. So I wanted to, and this is gonna come from the power. Um, and weakness and previous before that was we took the notes from um, the other chapters the problem persists Um, we took notes from there and um, on being human and the you know denying when we're human but I wanted to go into the power and weakness and I wanted to read this um, read a few a little bit for you and this is coming from Luke chapter 2 verses 19 through 14 And it goes, as the shepherds were watching their flocks by night, Luke tells us in his gospel, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest high and on earth peace to those whom has his favor rests. I love that. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And that's coming from Luke chapter 2 verses 9 through 14. Um, Why were the heavenly hosts worshiping with such unbridled joy after the angel announced Christ's birth to those astonished terrified shepherds because they knew the identity of the one whom God has sent. As Paul describes it, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And that's coming from Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. The heavenly hosts knew that the coming of the Son of God was unprecedented. It would change forever the entire course of human history. Furthermore, they knew that God the Father had for centuries been revealing his plan for the entry of his Son to earth, which leads us to raise the obvious question, why did God send his Son who had been accustomed to all the majesty of heaven into the world in the weakest, humblest way imaginable, as a helpless, utterly dependent baby who was even laid in an animal trough. First, because God is turning the demonic lie on its head, to be human, to be dependent is wonderful in God's eye. That is why we must never despise our smallness. Since the son of God became small when he became human, his birth is a tremendous validation of how God, how good it is, excuse me, it is to be human. Christ becoming flesh, hollows all flesh. And, you know, I like that. So the fact that Christians came in utter weaknesses and vulnerability of a baby has immense significance when it comes to evangelism. Here's why Jesus' birth reveals that God is pleased to dwell in and reveal his glory through human weaknesses. That is a theme throughout all of scripture. All through the Bible, we see that there is a profound relationship between human weaknesses and God's power. So consider the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest evangelists in history. How did Paul feel as he went on his mission his missionary journey to the important city of Corinth the sin city of the ancient world was he brimming with self confidence in corinthians 1 corinthians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 as we read paul's own view and it gives us an invaluable insight into why recognizing our smallness is actually a gift i came to you in weakness with great fear and tremendous trembling My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I like that. But how do we learn to live like this? Paul shows us that the answer lies in first accepting our smallness. This is about This isn't, you know, this is about much more than, you know, acknowledging our limitation. It means um, our limitations. It means experiencing a power much greater than our own and surrendering to it, which we will look at it in a later chapter. Learning to accept our humanness is what leads us to depend upon God's strength. It puts us in a position where we are able to joyfully accept that God has all strength and power we could ever need and we don't and so we're going to need him you know um i like that i really really like that so when we learn to celebrate our smallness and to depend upon the power of god it affects it affects you know every aspect of our lives and that includes our sharing of the gospel because it diminishes our fears when we realize that it is okay to be inadequate that being able to answer every question skeptics ask is not required. Um, so, and most of all, that our human weakness is no hindrance to God using us for his kingdom to spread the glorious good news. As Paul said, and it's 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 what I need to recall every time I share my faith, God's power is made perfect in weakness. And that's from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Therefore, accepting your inadequacies is the first qualification to being used by God. So the next time you consider witnessing to a neighbor or a family member or even a work colleague, you think, I can't because don't let that defeat you because, you know, equally don't try to find the confidence or ability within you. Yes, you're inadequate. And when you accept that you're a dependent creature with a mighty creature, then you're in the place where he can use you. We are weak. And remember, he is strong. So it's okay to say you're inadequate. It's okay. It is okay. So let's go over um, the questions for reflections. I'm going to Um, do those I did a couple of them I didn't do I don't think I did all of them but I did a couple so number one is in what ways can you acknowledge and celebrate your dependence on God and be questioned in what ways do you find yourself fighting the idea that you are dependent and my answer was I need his everlasting gospel daily I acknowledge him by reading the gospel praying to him worshiping praises in his name I am dependent upon him when I know he tells me don't worry don't worry about tomorrow that's when I am at my weakness that I fight against his word but then his word is faithful and true and I have to believe that and that was my answer so and um the next question God's power is made perfect in weakness how have you experienced the truth of this in your own life How does knowing that God uses us in our weakness strengthen you in evangelism? And if you instinctively resist that idea, why is that, do you think? And I answered that with, I know that. There's nothing I can do on my own. I need him daily. Knowing he uses my weaknesses to strengthen me is an advantage to continue and don't stop sharing my faith. Those moments will draw me closest to him. So I am encouraged when knowing that I can only resist if I allow myself to think outside this reality. So we have completed chapter two notes. Did you enjoy tonight's episode? I certainly did enjoy it. Well, I am glad you joined me. It will only get better and better as we continue. I hope you've been keeping up with me and reading your chapters of the book and answering the questions for reflections. I know it may seem hard, but it gets easier. Again, I wanna thank those individuals who ordered tickets for this study. I think I'll probably share it on YouTube with the next book study so that you can follow along at your own pace. It will always be there and provided when you need it. I can tell you it has been a bit difficult um, with this up and down cold um, with me. Um, after COVID, I have been having long COVID, so I am still trying to push forward. Um, God does see and knows my heart and my intentions. So, I'd like to thank you so much again for listening, and it's been appreciated, and, and I'm grateful. This is Tia Lundu. Would you like to learn more about the gospel or start Bible courses on the gospel? Why not register today at worldbibleschool.org. Would you like to suggest a topic or be a guest on Evolve? Would you like to support this podcast? Well, send your email to evolvedtopics at gmail.com. I'd like to say thank you for listening in and greet you again on the next episode of Evolved.